Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once and always for joining me once again today. Minnesota Vikings went into Soldier Field, and it was uh, one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. The Vikings somehow, though, some way, despite 87 yards passing by Kirk Cousins in an offense that looked about as uh, about as good as the Bears' offense, actually worse, just uh, didn't shoot ourselves in the foot as much, and defeated the Chicago Bears 17-9. The only reason the Bears had nine is because they finally scored a touchdown on the very final play of the game. Oh, yeah, right. What more is there to say? Well, there's plenty of things to say. It's just a matter of, though, how excited should we be? I don't know. Can't get too excited. Uh, Seven and seven. We're kind of sort of in the mix. We're kind of sort of in the hunt, and that's always a good thing. Uh, At the end of the day, though, um, yeah, we're kind of sort of in the hunt, and we look like garbage. Uh, One thing I think is uh, safe to say is, or at least some of us hope hope are hoping for, is that neither one of these coaches is on the sidelines next season. Matt Nagy was terrible. Uh, the Chicago Bears were about as undisciplined as the Vikings have been oftentimes this year. In fact, you could say they were worse. The Minnesota Vikings offense was putrid. It was awful. Dalvin Cook would get through a couple times, ultimately would have 3.2 yards to carry for 89 total yards. Again, the lowest uh, pass yardage of Kirk Cousins' career. It's funny and ironic how the interception he threw really wasn't his fault. Uh, Justin Jefferson was held on the play, so whatever. Um, Justin Je- or excuse me, Kirk Cousins threw the ball in anticipation to where Jefferson was going to be. That's part of the game, and he was held on the play, looking to <laughs> which made it look like Kirk Cousins just simply threw the ball to the uh, Chicago safety Deion Bush or defensive back, or whatever you want to call him. Um, Awful. Uh, Chicago's pass rush was good. Obviously, Akeem Nix was fantastic. Robert Quinn was fantastic. It was a very chippy game. There was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of crap going on. DJ Wanham was dominant throughout the day. Three sacks total. He was absolutely great, to be quite fair. DJ Wanham, great game. Eight total tackles, three sacks. Might end up stealing the Targenton Award from the other guy I was going to give it to. And then going to go to Jordan Berry. He had his punt blocked in the game. Pat O'Donnell, he might be Mr. Bear today with a 72-yard punt late in the game. Um, overall, what a mess. Uh, Demir Beard fumbled the ball on a, he, uh, muffed a muffed a punt. It was just ridiculous. An awful game. Carlos uh, Santos had a kick blocked, which made us all feel good. Um... Tomlinson with the block there. So Tomlinson did something this year. He did something. He didn't do a whole lot most of the season, but at least he blocked a punt. Thank you, Mr. Tomlinson. Delvin Tomlinson, to be fair. Thank you. Thank you, Delvin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you have three pro bowlers this year, at least at the moment. You know how there can always be replacements and such. Guys replace injured players. That would be uh, Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Harrison Smith getting to the Pro Bowl yet again. Bashad Breland was let go after an altercation on Saturday. He was let go Sunday morning. It was like, that's enough. Bashad Breland, or excuse me, that was actually Saturday, uh, officially let go. It was like, that's enough. That's enough of the nonsense. Um, he was bad the whole season. He made some idiotic comments on Twitter. Bill Belichick wouldn't have put up with Bashad Breland at all. Uh, he would have been gone months and months ago, and if Brashad Breland was actually a better player, 
still. Like, imagine if Rashad Breeland was a legitimate starting cornerback in the league, which he was not this season. But if he was, um, like an actual decent one, like a, you know, Malcolm Butler type of guy, uh, he'd be gone. He'd be gone. And it's just that simple. Um, really, like telling fans to basically eat your sausage, you know, some kind of sick crap like that. He'd be gone in a heartbeat after that. Uh, and, of course, Prashad Breeland was embarrassing in the Pittsburgh game. Embarrassing. Uh, and he was embarrassing in, uh, in many cases during the course of the season. It was a weird game. It was a bad game. It was nice to see the Jefferson play develop. The Jefferson touchdown, that was fun, as there was just a ton of space in front. And Lewis Riddick reminded us about that one, or uh, let us know. He was like, look at all this space. And then, like, seconds later, it was a fade into the, uh, I guess it would be Kirk Cousins' left corner into the end zone for Jeff, Justin Jefferson, the uh, left corner, back left corner, into the end zone for Justin Jefferson. That was one of the highlights of the whole game, to be quite honest. Uh, Dantzler also knocked the ball loose on fields, which uh, Anthony Barr recovered. That was also very exciting. Uh, it was definitely a mismatch for multiple offensive linemen in the game. Cole had probably one of his weakest games of the year, I'd have to say. In fact, probably his weakest as uh, Akeem Hicks gave him hell on the inside throughout the day. Extremely, extremely frustrating. But it is what it is. Akeem Hicks was tough and tough to deal with. The Bears' pass rush again, very, very good throughout the day. The Bears' secondary uh, played well for the most part when it came to actually, like, stopping plays and such. But then the idiotic, stupid, dumbass penalties. And that comes back to leadership of the Chicago Bears. Uh, Matt Nagy even got a 15-yard penalty in the game, uh, harassing the uh, referee and such, and he almost got another one. It was pretty crazy. It was kind of funny at the same time, but in other ways it wasn't funny. Just an unorganized mess. There's no way, and I mean no chance, Matt Nagy returns as head coach of the Chicago Bears. Why the Vikings would bring back Mike Zimmer, I have no idea. I have no idea why they'd bring him back. So we're in the mix and everything, but that's if you just want to be a mediocre team that either misses the playoffs by a little bit or makes the playoffs by a little bit and never wins a damn Super Bowl, never is in contention for a damn Super Bowl. It's just, you know, extremely frustrating at the end of the day. Nice to see Amir Smith-Marset finally get a touchdown. He was left wide open as, again, the Chicago Bears secondary, who did play well when they weren't getting stupid idiot penalties, uh, holding players, bumping and, uh, you know, like <laughs> helmet to helmet or whatever the heck face mask type penalties after the stop, you know, like pushing somebody's helmet. It was just idiotic, one thing after another. Um, Marset left open because two <laughs> two defensive backs were covering Justin Jefferson at once, which left Marset wide open for a fade into the, um, well, which would have been Kirk Cousins' right in that case, into the end zone. So wonderful for him. Felt good for him. He gets a ball to bring home, and of course, the Minnesota Vikings victory to boot. Some of the ugliest football they've ever seen, uh, and it seemed like every other play, there was just some chippy crap going on. It was annoying. It was obnoxious. Uh, Eric Hendricks was also ejected on a slide uh, as, uh, again, it's just one of those things you can't hit the quarterback when they're sliding. It's at bare minimum a 15-yard penalty roughing the passer uh, added from the spot of the fall and all foul and all that, but he was actually ultimately ejected helmet to helmet on Justin Fields. Neither player was injured, of course, which is good. But uh, that's how that goes. Kenny Nwangu was actually very good in his three rushes. Delvin Cook, 89 yards is respectable, but generally speaking, the Bears' defense was frustrating and tough to deal with. And quite frankly, 
<laughs> if the Bears weren't complete idiots, and I mean idiots, and poorly run, and poorly managed, and poorly this, and poorly that, and terrible leadership, and just immature and stupid, they would have blown the crap out of the Vikings in this game. This would have been a typical Soldier Field defeat. A, a, a thorough 14-point, two-touchdown, most likely, defeat in Chicago at the very least, uh, which is about how it goes. And then the Vikings offense, the way it would stagger and all that, you'd get a couple of nice stats here and there. Maybe, again, some nice pass rush from uh, DJ Wanham. All of that would have still been there, but the score would have been quite different if the Bears weren't just complete, b completely brainless throughout the game. Again, that comes to leadership and, of course, the youth of Justin Fields, this and that, some, income, some, some not good decisions by him, some weak checkdowns as well. Uh, it's just how it goes. And again, idiotic penalties that gave the Vikings the golden opportunities and uh, killed some stops by Chicago. And, of course, again, some very weak offensive efforts by the Chicago Bears as well, where they would turn the ball over on downs. And, and again, bad turnovers in general, the muff punt, and this and that and this and that. The fumble by David Montgomery. The fumble by Justin Fields. Again, uh, forced fumble. Thank you for uh, Cameron Dantzler coming in. Cam Dantzler, what are you doing? Right, PA? Cam Dantzler, what are you doing? Oh, come on, PA. He did something right that time. He wasn't that bad in today's game. Cam Dantzler was actually pretty good. And we're not ranting and cursing about Rashad Breeland. There's no obvious... Uh, uh, <laughs> Christian Hunter Memorial because Rashad Breeland's no longer on the sidelines for us to pick on or, or on the field for us to pick on and on the field for, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers. Name the quarterback to pick on throughout the course of time. Minnesota would be in the wild card today and kicking off versus the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, Texas because Tampa Bay, we'll talk about that in segment number two. Yeah, Tampa. They're ten and four and everything, just like Arizona and Dallas. But uh, yeah, well, they're officially the, the number three seed at the moment. Yeah, we'll talk about Tampa later. Um, what a mess! What a wild, crazy game. I wish it was fun. I, I wish it was fun, but it really wasn't. Um, miscommunic. There was a play where there was miscommunication. Miscommunication. Part of me between Fields and Montgomery along with the, the Tomlinson block that gave Santos, uh, the uh, block on Santos that gave the Vikings a big break before the half, the Bears could have easily, it's just stuff like that, the Bears could have easily uh, tied the game. They could have easily tied the game. It was it was really stupid. Um, the under an interception by Cousins, Jefferson was clearly held, gave the Bears a golden opportunity to possibly tie the game, and that's what happened. That was the result, just... Uh, a complete loss of downs and, and a blocked kick and all that. Just terrible, terrible. The, the the Bears just stunk, you know, in terms of they they could have blown us out. And it was kind of like the Baltimore game. The Vikings could have easily blown out the Baltimore Ravens, but we kept shooting ourselves in, our, in the foot. It was absolute garbage, and it's similar that way. Um, the, the Bears' defense, despite really strong play, uh, again, personal fouls. Some of them were questionable, but at the end of the day, others were, like, legit. Uh, Jenkins, offensive line, got frustrated and mad uh, on a legal hit on Justin Fields because he wasn't out of bounds yet. They were shoving him out of bounds, the defender was. And Jenkins went berserk and started, I don't know if he thought he was Marcus Foligno of the Minnesota Wild and wanted to drop the gloves, which Marcus Foligno did tonight as well. And it was totally fine what Foligno did there. Um, Jenkins, though, hey, you, there is no dropping the gloves in the NFL, even though you'd like to. There isn't. Uh, you want to stand up for your teammate and such, but time and place. Get in someone's face, curse them out. 
But when you shove them in the face mask, it's just stupid. Absolutely stupid. So, good job. Good job. <laughs> not. Not. That completely destroyed any chance you may have had offensively after Justin Fields uh, ran out of bounds or was shoved out of bounds roughly. Not gently, but shoved out of bounds, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he had three other penalties in the game as well because just just wasn't disciplined. He just wasn't. Um, there was a blocked punt by the Bears as well, like I mentioned. Uh, Cousins couldn't get the first down after, after the review. He looked like he had ran for that first down, but he just, he should have gotten it. And, and that's just typical Kirk Cousins. You need 10, he'll give you 9.5. You need 3, he'll give you 2 and 3 fourths. It's just, ugh. Kind of like, uh, but enough about Chad Beebe. That's basically Chad Beebe as well. Drives you absolutely nuts whenever there's like a, a close play like that. It's always like that. Um, ultimately, that led to a whole lot of nothing. As Again, the, the Bears got the ball on the 30-yard line after that muff punt, or not muff punt, blocked punt. The Bears got the ball on the Vikings 30. Do you realize what would have happened if it was a decent offense there? Like Green Bay, Arizona. Dallas, Tampa Bay, uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, Baltimore Ravens. You know, you could go on all day. What would have happened in that play? Probably seven, right? Probably seven, at least six, depending on your kicker making the extra point, which is becoming more challenging than it should be. Um, it was just a load of garbage. It was just ri ridiculous. I almost said the wrong R word there. It was ridiculous. Uh, loss of downs. Loss of downs. You realize that? Loss of downs, like fourth down and well, and then you lose the ball on downs, turnover on downs. Seriously, that's how bad the Bears uh, were in execution in the red zone. Just awful. Again, the muff pump by Bird. Another mistake added to the list by the Chicago Bears. Again, I mean, I'll just keep saying this. I will <laughs> chalk this game up as it should have been a blowout by the Chicago Bears, but they sucked so bad that the Vikings ended up winning and holding them to single digits because, well, they couldn't kick an extra point. Uh, uh, on the final play of the game. So, well, that's about the end of that. I better change the channel just for the sake of I don't want to support this uh, garbage that I'm seeing on the screen. I just don't want to support it. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, segment number one I'm recording late at night. I'm trying to squeeze it in. I wanted to do that. And then, of course, rest of the show, you'll notice, obviously, <laughs> uploaded on Tuesday morning, afternoon, whichever, um, how things go there. Um what a weird game. Again, though, I mean, it was nice to see the Vikings get a win out of it, but, I mean, I don't come out of it feeling all that good. Uh, Jimmy Graham had, like, a touchdown that he just kind of dropped. It's like he didn't even look like he gave a crap. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, and he just, I don't know, he's been washed up for, like, four years now. He sucks. He sucks. Uh, and, and he doesn't care. He's just one of those guys. He's just collecting a paycheck. It's just it's it's so ridiculous and maddening for all of us to work our asses off that to, to see that kind of crap. But welcome to sports, unfortunately. Um, Vikings defense again, obviously. Well, I mean they didn't have to do a whole lot. That's how bad the Bears were. That's how bad the Bears were in golden opportunities. The statistics that just make that are just mind numbing when you when you look at the whole summary between the two teams and team comparisons and such. Net yards passing. 61 for the Vikings. 61. Bears, 255. 255 yards per pass. 2.2 by Minnesota. It sucks. Oh, God, it sucks. That's inhuman. 2.2 by the Minnesota Vikings in uh, yards. 
per pass. Wow, Bears 6.1. That's not good either. But I mean, what well, 2.2? <laughs> Seven punts in the game. Punting average Bears 53. Wow, because of that 72-yard punt. Penalty yards 91 by the Bears. It felt like 9100. Nine penalties. Even the Vikings had seven penalties in the game, but they weren't as damning. Four fumbles by the Bears. Three of them lost. One of them was recovered by Justin Fields. Time of possession was almost the same. Vikings 30-45 to the Bears 29-15. But it's just, again, yards per rush, almost identical. Four to 4.1, so that's not too bad. Net yards rushing. Vikings actually were ahead in that one, but of course we were ahead in the score as well. Third down efficiency. Bears 2 of 12. Fourth down. Bears 2 of 5. They actually did get a couple of first downs and fourth. Vikings once did not get it. Total yards in the game. Total yards in the game. This just tells you. I mean, Bears could have easily blown the Vikings to smithereens in this game. Third, 370 total yards to 193. It, I mean... Wow. Average gain per play, 5.3 by the Bears, 3.2 by the Vikings. Again, that's how bad the Vikings offense was. And that's just how bad the Bears were in terms of not only the penalties, but the timing of the penalties, the idiotic bullcrap. And there, there is no chance Matt Nagy returns. He will never be a head coach again in the NFL. And I don't hate him. I, I have no reason to hate him. I don't even, you know what I mean? He's just, he's not, he's not our head coach. Uh, but it's too bad. You know, the Bears were so good when he started there. And then you had the double doink and all that crap, and he kind of turned that into a big scene, and that was the beginning of the end. It's just so sad how little circumstances can completely change history. It's, you know, like Back to the Future. It's like watching Back to the Future, how little circumstances cause or, cause or create a chain reaction that lead to a completely different future than you would think was going to happen. Or, say, if that certain item, that certain event never happened. Who knows? Maybe the Bears might have been a, a, a contender for an extended period, but it just ended up not being the case. Man, with a guy like Khalil Mack and such, oof, that Bears team was impressive. And it's just, they look like a team that should be in the top five of the draft, looking to completely start over. And of course, I, you know, both of these teams should be at a crossroads right now where you're looking for new leadership. There, I mean, sure, the Vikings won, and sure, we're 7-7. Seven and seven. We're in the hunt and all that. But is there any reason to believe that there is a legitimate, like, Super Bowl future with this type of leadership, with this current leadership? I, I, I just don't think so. Um, I'm happy that Rick Spielman drafted Derrissaw, Christian Derrissaw. He was one of the guys on my list, you know. And But I'm just Joe Q, but I'm just Joey of Golden from Golden Valley, host of Pearl Mafia. Very veteran podcast host and all that stuff. But I'm a podcast host. I'm not a general manager in the National Football League. He finally hit on, on a couple of uh, tackles, which is great, the bookends. And then you have Wyatt Davis. Where's Wyatt Davis? He He's on a milk carton. Where's Wyatt Davis? Invisible. Um, and then all the other weird decisions throughout the course of time. Can't draft a quarterback for his life. Teddy Bridgewater was okay. You know, it's not... Rick Spielman's fault that the guy's knee blew up, but at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater would not be a franchise quarterback one way or another. He's not a franchise quarterback. He'll 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 win some games. Maybe maybe he could win a big game in the playoffs, but I don't know. That's yet to be seen. I don't know. Um, he's not a franchise type of quarterback. They're not easy to find. I understand all that, but at the same time, I don't know. It, it's been a weird weird run with Rick Spielman as a general manager. And Mike Zimmer, you know, 
it's cute to win games 17 to 9 which is all over Mike Zimmer's uh, uh, path, which is all over his his history as head coach of the Vikings uh, going all the way back to 2014 it, it, it's okay it's nice but and it's like you wish that this would lead in like that you'd have a similar score in a Super Bowl you know like Minnesota versus Pittsburgh way back in the day 16 to 6 you wish that that's what kind of future there was with Mike Zimmer at the helm but I, I just don't see it you saw a game against the Philadelphia Eagles with a backup quarterback and with the Vikings getting obliterated 38-7. to You didn't see a 16-6 to win and a world championship. You saw the Vikings not make it to the Super Bowl and get obliterated by a Philadelphia team that just suddenly got hot where multiple weeks before, they barely beat mediocre teams. They barely beat Atlanta. You would think that 13-3 and Vikings club would have annihilated the Atlanta Falcons in U.S. Bank Stadium, should the Falcons had squeaked out that victory over the Philadelphia Eagles on that fateful Sunday afternoon, or was it a Saturday? I don't remember. I believe it was a Saturday afternoon, um, way back in well, way back, not that long ago, January 2018. Um, so how the hell did that that Philadelphia team that couldn't muster anything against a mediocre Atlanta defense put up 38 points against the Vikings? If truly Mike Zimmer's defense was exactly what the doctor ordered to win a championship. So it's, it's things like that. Uh, the inability to string good game plans together in back-to-back weeks in the postseason. You, to win a Super Bowl, I, I keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. I'm going to keep saying it until they're holding the gosh darn Lombardi trophy and purple, gold, and white confetti is coming down from the sky. Just picture that for a minute and relax. Hold on, just picture it for a minute. Oh my God, beautiful! Um, but until that day happens, I'm going to keep saying it. You got to string together at least three consecutive games that you know you're better than the other team. And the Vikings just aren't able to do that against winning clubs with this current leadership. With different leadership, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> but there's always at least a maybe. With this group, there is no maybe. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with this current leadership. Not necessarily the players, but the current leadership. And certain players and player at the helm leading the team. The guy with four stars under his seat. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that could string that together. He's absolutely not. He didn't come close in San Francisco. He got obliterated. He got obliterated versus Philadelphia. Of course, that was with Case Keenum, the old magic carpet ride, as Mike Zimmer would call it. Kind of, sort of. With that said, the Fran Tarkington Award for this game... It's not going to go to Patrick Peterson. He's going to get a gold-plated honorable mention for it. It's going to go to DJ Wanham. Uh, he did a great job, obviously putting a lot of pressure on Justin Fields, which, again, isn't saying much considering Justin Fields is right now at this stage of his career. He's barely qualified to start in an NFL game. Barely. Uh, he, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, the, the days of rookie quarterbacks stepping in and being good right out of the gate are... I don't know. It's almost never. It's almost never. And I hope, for Justin Fields' sake, that this this rookie season hasn't damaged him too much mentally. I hope not. But maybe. Maybe it did. DJ won him with three sacks. And again, fantastic throughout the entire day. I thought he did a wonderful job. Uh, I appreciate what DJ Wanham did. Patrick Peterson, strong honorable mention. It's not going to go to anybody on the offense. It cannot. It cannot. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, and it's not because they suck. It's because it just wasn't their day one way or another. Uh, Bears defense was good. They just crapped all over themselves when they, right after they made a big-time play. 
or as they're making a big time play, somebody else bleeped it up for them. This or that. The <clears throat> Christian Ponder Memorial in this game, should it go to Cousins? Maybe, because I think he could have been better in a game like this. I mean, 87 yards is unacceptable. It kind of has to go to him, <clears throat> even though it might not be fair at the end of the day. It may have to go in his direction. Uh, Mason Cole, I, I don't want to trash on him. I really appreciate what he's brought to this team, and I'd like to see the Vikings re-sign him for like a year or two at the very least. Uh, I think he deserves at least a job in the NFL, as if if not a starting position for now as an offensive guard, if there's nobody that's going to knock him out of that starting position to at least a, you know, a, a reserve role. A reserve role, a utility role in that offensive line where he can play center and guard and this and that in a reserve role because anybody like that is a valuable piece to a team, even as a reserve, because guys get hurt. Guys get COVID as well. The guys, you know, since the whole world wants to freak out every time somebody sneezes <clears throat> until those days go away, if they ever do, um, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to want, obviously, and, and you're always going to want a valuable backup guard slash center that can fill in at that extremely valuable position of center or guard because guards and centers can be interchangeable in this day and age. And Mason Cole has played both of those positions during the course of the season. and actually did a pretty good job to be quite fair, just got annihilated by Hakeem Nix. Um, I'm going to have to give it to Cousins. I'm sorry, I, I have to give it to Kirk Cousins. might not be fair. You might be looking at other players and say, well, he really sucked too. It's going to have to go to Cousins. 80, 87 career low. I mean, <laughs> oh, primetime Kirk got the win. Yeah. <laughs> primetime Kirk got the win, huh? Well, I don't know. Primetime Kirk threw for, threw for 87 yards against a team that shot themselves in the foot 50,000 times. You know, so that's <laughs> just reality. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relatively gentle one. But at the same time, 87 yards is 87 yards. I got to do it. You, you, sorry, just like maybe when the Detroit Lions were 0-16, you can't just blame it all on the coach. Yeah, well, they still went 0-16 with that guy as the coach. So it is what it is. Uh, with that said, we'll take a quick break, and we will return to preview the L.A. Rams, but that'll, of course, be at the end of segment two. We'll look around the league, and what the hell, Tampa? What are you doing? We are back here on segment number two of Purple Mafia. Going to look around the league, the NFC North, and of course preview the Minnesota Vikings and Los Angeles Rams, a nooner coming up on Sunday. So not too far away already. Hopefully this isn't too, uh, in uh, the shows aren't too close together and that annoys people, but that's just how it goes. That's the NFL schedule. I was hoping to have the LA Rams game versus Seattle flashing in the background. Instead I got Washington versus the Philadelphia Eagles flashing in the background who have a very noticeable 6-7 and seven record. So, of course, this one has playoff implications for Minnesota Viking fans and Vikings themselves. So I suppose, I guess, that's why this is on. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see the Rams, though, because it's just, just more interesting, I guess, in terms of uh, we're playing them next week. So, of course, the Vikings 17-9 and all that. And I'd like to bring up an urban legend that I didn't bring up in the first segment that... 
Kirk Cousins threw, their, threw for 87 yards. The Bears actually had more penalty yards than Kirk Cousins at 91. And I've seen higher penalty yard numbers than that. But 91, yeah, they had more penalty yards than Kirk Cousins at passing yards. That's an urban legend I would have liked to have brought up earlier. But well, I brought it up now. Uh, Thursday night, pretty entertaining football game, to be quite honest. The Kansas City Chiefs can't lose anymore. But at the beginning of the season, they couldn't win, it seemed like. The first, like, bits and pieces of the of the year. Kansas City Chiefs are now 10-4, first place in the AFC, and the number one seed in the AFC. Am I excited about it? No. I don't want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl again. They, they got their Super Bowl, now go away. That's kind of how I look at the Chiefs, but yeah, that's just how I roll. Uh, New England, Tennessee are the next two teams at 9-5. and five. Cincy, 8-6, and six because they're in first place in their division. Colts with 8-6, and six. Chargers, 8-6, and six. Buffalo, Bills, 8-6, and six. and Baltimore's on the outside looking in with 8-6. and six. AFC is very, very tough. NFC, of course, you get Minnesota uh, at seven and seven with the seventh seed. Seven seven with the seventh seed. Wrap your head around that. Green Bay is eleven and three, the number one seed in the NFC, and they're division champions already. Uh, yay! I'm so excited. Yay! Go, go team in Green Bay, I guess. Uh, Dallas Cowboys ten and four. Tampa ten and four. You know, Tampa could have been way at the top, but they blew it. We'll talk about that momentarily. Arizona blew it again, too. They would be the fourth seed. Think of how quickly things can change. 10-4, and four, pretty big logjam at the top. It's actually, the NFC is more top-heavy, or at least the division champs are all good, but the AFC, after, you know, like down into the wildcard range, it's a toughie. 8-6, and six, where Minnesota's 7-7. Seven and seven. Los Angeles Rams would be a wildcard club right now playing Arizona, and I think they would probably win that game, actually, the way things are looking. A 9-4 and record. Well, they're probably going to beat Seattle tonight anyway. They'll go 10-4. and San Francisco, who beat the Vikings, so they'd have a tiebreaker anyway. Sixth seed at 8-6 and six in Minnesota for the 17,000th time. Okay, the seventh time, probably. 7-7 seven and seven on the season. It's uh, the way it goes at the end of the day. And But, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs won the game. Yay. And unfortunately, their chances of winning the AFC and even the Super Bowl are getting better every day. Patrick Mahomes passed the ball all over the place. He did have an INT. It was a nice matchup between two of the best quarterbacks in football as Justin Herbert keeps getting better. But he wasn't so good in this one. Patrick Mahomes definitely was the better quarterback of the two in this game. 105 quarterback rating, 410 yards and 47 attempts, three touchdowns. Both quarterbacks threw an interception. Keenan Allen had one of those tricky plays. And did not complete the pass. Justin Herbert only two touchdowns and 236 yards. Kansas City just doesn't run the ball a whole lot. Which is kind of funny considering their offensive coordinator was a running back in Eric Bieniemy. So maybe I would want Eric Bieniemy as coach of the Vikings after all. You think, oh, he's just run, run, run. Well, not in this offense. Travis Kelsey had a buck 91. A buck 91. As we head deeper into the... Uh, we had deeper and deeper into December. And fantasy teams are gearing up for their playoff run if they're not already in it, depending on what kind of league you're in. 191 with two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill got his billion yards again as well. 143 and a touchdown. I still don't like Tyreek Hill, but man, he's good. <laughs> I just, it's just annoying. Every time he catches the ball, he's, he's the Steph Curry of the NFL. Oh, I did something good. It's like, oh, God. Just want to punch him in the face. But that's how I see the world. I, I like to punch Steph Curry in the face, and I like to punch... Uh, Tyreek Hill in the face, too. I just get tired of it. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense has gotten better and better, though. They got zero, count them, zero sacks in the game. 
the Chargers got zero sacks in the game. So if you like to see black and blue football, you like to see quarterbacks getting knocked down and, and sacked anyway, see quarterback sacks, there were none in the game. Unless something is bad wrong here, there were no sacks in the game. A very epic game. Would have been cool to see the Chargers win and really make things interesting in the AFC, but it just didn't happen. So, sorry to the LA Chargers, but at least they'd still be in the playoffs if the postseason started today. Both LA teams could be in the playoffs this year, and don't be surprised if they are for many years to come. The New England Patriots, who had the number one seed in the AFC for the first time in uh, like a year or two. You think, wow, it's been a while. No, no, it really hasn't been a while. But uh, <laughs> they're still in first place in the AFC for the first time in like like a year or two. Uh, and uh, Buffalo enjoyed it for a year. One freaking year. Indianapolis Colts, though, might be trying to win their first division title in a little bit here. As you remember, they had some great runs, obviously, in the Peyton Manning era. I even called them the Baltimore Colts. It actually rolls off your tongue a lot better than Indianapolis, doesn't it? Baltimore Colts sounds so cool. 8-6 on the season. They defeat the Patriots. They defeated the Patriots, and it was in Indianapolis. Patriots mounted a comeback. All 17 points happened in the fourth quarter, but not enough. Too little, too late. Indianapolis rised, or should I say rose, to the occasion with Frank Reich at the quarterback position. Love some of the things he says. Sounds like a really good Christian man, Frank Reich. And, of course, that's the guy who, you know, <laughs> that's the guy who believes, boy. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and in a lot of ways. He's just an overall... Like, never give up, never say die. The man who quarterbacked the Buffalo Bills from a 32-point deficit to defeat Houston Oilers. And that team went on to the Super Bowl and got their butts handed to by the hated, ugly, disgusting, cocky, arrogant Dallas Cowboys, who I was not happy to see win that game. Um, unfortunately, the Patriots did not win this game. And the Colts rising to the occasion and go Colts, I suppose. Buffalo Billies, the Buffalo Bills, Beat up on a crappy and sappy Carolina team was dropped to five and nine. They're just like the Bears, kind of. They're the Chicago Bears of the NFC South. Buffalo Bills are somebody. I'm not sure who they are. I'd like to believe they're the Green Bay Packers of the AFC East, and I think they should be. They're very talented. It's a very talented team. They probably have the most talent in the division, I would think. I would think they're the most talented team in the AFC East. It's an extremely good division. Even Miami is a competitive team. The Miami Dolphins are a decent team. Uh, what, did they get to 7-7 seven and seven now? I mean, they're pretty good. Uh, Buffalo Bills finally got a win again as they've been losing and losing and losing. They're starting to remind me of the 94 Vikings going from 8-2. and two. They were all like, oh my God, 8-2. and freaking Well, they were going to be 8-2, and two, and then they weren't. So, pardon me for being an idiot, or even like the 97 Vikings. But the 94 Vikings were going to be 8-2, and two, and we ended up blowing it to the New England Patriots. That was frustrating and depressing. Went to seven and three, seven and four, seven and five. It's like, oh come on! I remember the eight and two Vikings dropped. Uh, excuse me, the eight and two. The Vikings were eight and two in, in 1997. I thought, oh my god, that's that. That's that record that we just couldn't get to back in '94. Eight and two just sounds elite, spectacular. And then down, down, down they went. They finished nine and seven and won a playoff game. Pretty crazy. Um, but the Bills kind of reminded me of one of those two teams right now. Maybe the 97 club. Maybe they'll actually advance. And I think this team has more power, though, to advance deep into the postseason than people may want to believe. Amir Abdullah led the <laughs> Carolina Panthers, tied with D.J. Moore in receiving yards, and he had a touchdown. Amir Abdullah. Congratulations. He did run the ball four times for seven yards. Seven 
yards. Um, so that wasn't one of his strong days in the running category. But Amir Abdullah is more of a receiving back anyway. Two and a half sacks for Matos, for Uter Gross Matos. Rolls right off your tongue. Two and a half sacks for him with the Carolina Panthers. Two sacks for F.A. Abada. 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 I probably mispronounced it, and I'm sounding like Sid Hartman, who would mispronounce his son's name. Cha, 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 chad. Ha, 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 ha. Hortman. Hortman. Okay, sorry. Yeah, who is this Chad Hortman guy? He's a, he's a jerk. Oh, that's my son. Still a jerk, though, sometimes. Okay, sorry. Um, the two stacks for him, I guess, for the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, hopefully they can get their butts in gear and start playing a little better. Arizona-Detroit will get back to that one. Miami Dolphins, talking about the AFC East. 7-7, seven and seven, Miami Dolphins. The Minnesota Vikings and the Dolphins have the best record. In fact, we had to win a game... A crap against an awful team, but win the game to tie the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, wouldn't you think that was exciting uh, coming into the season that we would be tied with the Dolphins after the week 14 or 15, I guess. Wouldn't you feel good about yourself or tied with the Dolphins? Well, Miami's feeling decent about themselves, though, because they're in the playoff hunt a little bit. It's not going to be easy, but they just might make it. I'm kind of happy to see the Dolphins doing well. Come on, Tua, stop turning the ball over. Zach Wilson didn't, but he didn't do that great in the game. Neither quarterback was anything special, but I'm sure both of these teams are hoping and praying that these guys have a brighter future moving forward. Uh, Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson, gotta love that name, with 107 yards rushing on the ground and a touch and a couple of touchdowns, pardon me, along with Devontae Parker, 68 yards and a touchdown for the Miami Dolphins. Just nobody really stood up for the New York Jets. Just end the season, Jets, J-E-T-S. Just end the season. That's what it means. 3-11 on the year. Hopefully that'll change one of these days. But as of right now, that continues to be their slogan every frickin' season. The old bitter ma- the old bitter rivalry that used to actually mean something on occasion. And one year, an inferior Giants team rolled into Dallas with a 13-3 record and knocked them on their ass and went on into Green Bay, Wisconsin. Defeated a 13-3 and Packer team and defeated a 16-0 and club. That's not going to happen this year. He defeated a 16-year-old club, 16 and 0 club from uh, Massachusetts. You remember that, right? 2007 New York Giants. That ain't going to happen this year. Dallas Cowboys 21-6. to Just an uninspired, boring uh, Giants team that I just, I don't know. Mike Glenn is the quarterback and he threw three interceptions. What more is there to say? There's not much else to say about this. In fact, nothing, nobody really stood out and was exciting. Just certain Giants stood out in a bad way and were terrible as hell. I guess Devontae Booker was good on the ground with a 31-yard burst, but that's about it. Let's just move for the sake of time. Who cares? I mean, the the Giants are crap. I, I don't even know how to explain it. They just suck. Uh, Tennessee lost again. Tennessee lost again. They're 9-5 and and they're winning their division, but they lost again. There was a time I thought this team could go to the Super Bowl, and I still think they could, but... I don't know. They're kind of like Buffalo right now. They just keep losing. They just keep losing, and they lost to a wonderful Pittsburgh team that showed how much heart they have and how much grit coming back, almost tying a game from 29 down in U.S. Bank Stadium. Would have been the most epic comeback. No, the Steelers suck, and the Vikings just kind of let them back in. We let them off the hook. Eh, Denny? We let them off the hook, and Tennessee let them off the hook, too. 
I don't. Just nothing special about either. Uh, well, about this about this game either. What what the heck's going on with December football? Ryan Tannehill was, blah. You know, Donta Foreman was really good in a team that was kind of struggling at the running back position. But good job, Donta Foreman, with 108 yards on the ground. Roethlisberger just mediocre at best. Didn't turn the ball over, but that's about it. He wasn't anything like he was against Minnesota, where he looked freaking awesome. To be quite freaking fair. A sack and a half by a guy in the name, by the name of T.J. Watt, who was shut down really nicely by the Minnesota Vikings throughout the day uh, last week. He, they, the uh, the co- guys like Cole and Bradbury, and, and I mean, it was just a very overall strong week for them. Uh, nice to have Darisaw back in Minnesota this week, and of course, you didn't have Ole Udo with his 99 penalties. So that's okay. I'm sorry to Ole Udo, but I mean, hopefully he can get it together and have a good career still. Um, but TJ Watt, back at it. Is it TJ? TJ, yeah, it is TJ Watt. Not JJ, but TJ Watt. You could argue he's actually better than, than his older brother at this stage because he's not as banged up. JJ Watt had about 99 injuries in his career. Um, they, didn't, of course, did not join forces in Pittsburgh. And why would you go to Pittsburgh? Arizona's better. And I don't know. But are they? We'll see. They're, they're kind of having another Arizona-like uh, season turning around. Houston and Jacksonville. Didn't we see this crap last week? Houston and Jacksonville again? Get out of here. I don't want to see this. Why? Why do you have to play these teams twice? Oh, because they're both in the AFC South. Ah. Ah. 3-11. Wow. Houston is just rocking, man. Another win for the Houston freaking Texans. They went from one win to three. And I bet their fan base is like, you freaking morons. Don't you want the number one pick in the draft? Look how much it did Jacksonville. Look how good it did Jacksonville this last. Okay, well, they're two and 12 and they have the number one pick again. Yeah, well, suck for whoever, Bull. Suck for something. At least you'll have the number one choice. Is it uh, going to get you anything this time? I, I don't know. Because Trevor Lawrence... I don't think it's all his fault. Of course not. Uh, obviously, the, the mess that's in Jacksonville right now, and a guy by the name of Urban Meyer, who was just like, <laughs> I don't know, a great college coach and an a-hole of an NBA, of an, of an NFL coach, kind of like Christian Lehner, you know? And, and you know how they compare, I know everybody's like Christian Lehner, how he was telling everybody in the Timberwolves organization, you know, all the different players in the locker room, I'm the only winner here. And he's pointing to the, all the different names at the lockers, like guys, like uh, who the heck, you know, like Chris Smith and and Thurl Bailey and Sam Mitchell and guys like that. Loser, loser, loser. He's going to this guy. And then he pointed to his heart and said, winner. And apparently Urban Meyer basically did the same thing to his coaches. There is so much similarity because it's the same exact thing in a lot of ways. Of course, now Leitner wasn't absolutely a bust in the NBA, but he sure as hell wasn't nearly as good as some people believed he was going to be. A lot of, I mean, a number three pick in the draft, and how excited everybody was about Christian Bleep and Leitner coming to the Timberwolves, and how mediocre he was. Urban Meyer was a flat-out POS. Uh, I mean, we're talking like Jamarcus Russell. Imagine if Jamarcus Russell won a national championship for his college and then went there and had the same attitude and then, you know, did what he did. Um, that's basically the equivalent of Urban Meyer, and he won a and he won national championship. An unbelievable college coach, Christian Lehner, an unbelievable college player, came to the pros and was an asshole and crapped down his leg and and did this and did that. Just absolutely utter disappointment. So obviously didn't help Trevor Lawrence at all. So we'll see. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence can get some better guidance going forward. I mean Jacksonville. 
years ago had a pretty nice organization, but that was way back in the 90s now. That was back with Mark Brunel at quarterback. They once had a 14-2 and team. You realize that? They went to the conference final and got their butts handed to them by the Tennessee Titans. And then they lost to to the freaking Patriots, which I, I used to like. I mean, I mean, what am I saying? I, I used to hate the Patriots back in the 90s because I, I never liked Drew Bledsoe, and I hated them ever since that 94 game. It was so annoying. And then once Tom Brady threw it up, it was just a whole different story because I didn't like the Rams at all going back to that 2001 Super Bowl. I wanted to like, go Patriots, and that was fun. Um, what the heck am I talking about? I just went all over the place, didn't I? Well, speaking of former Timberwolves, James Hollywood Robinson, right now who he was, number 26 for the Wolves, who could get streaky hot from downtown on occasion, three-pointers downtown, 75 yards and a touchdown for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy who'd want on your fantasy team if you needed a pickup <clears throat> during the course of the season. I'm sure some people did pick him up. But Jacksonville would have the number one pick in the draft again if the season ended, and I'm sure Texans fans are furious right now. We beat Jacksonville twice! We beat them twice! Oh, we're 3-11! and 11. Here we go! We're setting the tone for next year. It doesn't mean anything. I don't give a damn if you win the last five games of your season. You still suck, and you're, and you're going to probably come back next year, and maybe you'll win six games. Wow! Rock and roll, because you didn't get the stud pick. Cincinnati beat Denver. Actually, pretty good teams. Both of them could make the postseason. There's a real chance at it. Cincinnati, 15-10 to 10 victory over Denver. You probably felt like you're going blind seeing all this orange, which I'm doing right now is looking at this. <clears throat> a couple of attacks for Justin Simmons and Larry Ogunjobi. The names just get easier and easier as we go forward with a second and a half. Tyler Boyd with 96 yards. Joe Burrow Passed for only 157 yards because Denver's kind of a tough club. Teddy Bridgewater played a bit and didn't play. Drew Locke played and didn't play. What the hell? But Drew Locke actually outperformed Teddy a little bit. Whatever. It's not a fun game to watch, to be quite honest. It's not fun to really think about. And that orange is going to make you blind, let me tell you. Let's move forward. Congratulations, Cincinnati. They're back in the mix. Win a freaking playoff game. It's been only 30, 33 years, 34 years now. 33 years since they won a playoff game. Go, come on, win a playoff game, Cincy. Come on now, win a playoff game. San Francisco, who knows a thing or two about winning playoff games, and Atlanta did for a minute there for at least one year. They won a few playoff games. Let's not go there. Sorry, I don't want to think about that either. <laughs> Viking fans know what I'm talking about. Matt Ryan, mediocre. Jimmy Garoppolo, a little better. Very efficient, to be quite frank, but didn't have spectacular numbers. Just efficient. George Kittle, though, 96, uh, 93 yards, pardon me. And Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk was on fire last week, but didn't get in the end zone this time. Let the mother bleeper get one catch. Uh, Jeff Wilson with 100 and... Jeff Wilson, who are these guys? You know, it's like they have like a running back by committee in San Francisco, and sometimes it works really well, and sometimes it doesn't. If they play against the Vikings, it works, because the Vikings run defense doesn't. It just doesn't show up. They ran for three touchdowns in the game, which is pretty impressive. I'm not even going to go there. But yeah, Debo Samuel with a touchdown. Jeff Wilson with 110 yards and a TD and a very consistent day, keeping the Falcons at bay. And San Francisco hanging on to the playoffs again. They actually have a really nice record, him and his coach, uh, Jimmy G and Shanahan, have a really good record together, to be quite frank. It's pretty damn good. They're, they just win games. They almost won a Super Bowl, and they didn't. 
Uh, Green Bay and Baltimore. Oh, God. We'll get back to that in a second. New Orleans and Tampa. I have two words for you. What happened? How? Why? What? 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 How? How do you get shut out by the New Orleans Saints? The third shutout of Tom Brady's career. How do you get shut out by the New Orleans Saints? A, a day like this could kill a franchise, man. Good thing for them it's just one game and it wasn't a playoff game. How does this happen? How? How does it happen? And, and Chris Goodwin, with six catches and 49 yards, those are the final stats of the season for him. A-C-L. That sucks. That really, really sucks. So, unfortunate for him. Oh, man. That can't be good. Mike Evans, who had some moments. He only had one catch, but had some moments in some game. Gronkowski, just, he was terrible. He was targeted 11 times and had 12 ca uh, two catches. Pardon me. That's mathematically impossible to have 12 in that case. He was terrible in the game. Brady struggled. I can't imagine the frustration and him throwing the surface and all that. But I guess that's just a thing. I mean, other people throw surfaces sometimes too. Cameron Jordan with a couple of sacks. Very, very familiar guy like Steve Jordan's son. Yeah, that guy. Extremely good career with the Saints. Maybe, yeah, yeah. He, he's a hell of a, he's been a hell of a player. I just find this unacceptable. I mean, New Orleans is, occasionally they actually play defense and they have a good pass rush. They do. But, man, oof. You know, and you held them to only nine points. And you still lost the game. Because you didn't do jack. Come on, Gronk. Come on, Gronk. Gronk, put down the, put down the beverage. Put down the beverage, focus, and play the game, okay? Put, put down the beverage until... After the Super Bowl, okay, buddy? Unless you don't make it to the Super Bowl this time, and i got to think, they're going to have a hard time. Um, well, who knows? They had a mediocre, they had a fairly mediocre record going into the playoffs last year. But uh, especially during the you know, mid-report of the season, and then they just started winning, and then that was all that mattered. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully, for Tampa's sake, they get things rolling in the right direction. I'd rather see Tampa win than Green Bay or Kansas City. I am saying that right here, right now. I would take Tampa any day of the week over Green Bay or Kansas City, and if you don't like that, well, sorry. Sorry. Uh, another ugly Minnesota-Chicago-like game, Vegas versus Cleveland. We both stunk up the joint. Both of them are games stunk up the joint. Somebody named Nick Mullins, former 49ers, like second-string quarterback, third-string quarterback, just couldn't get it done, and Derek Carr had his cute little moments. Daniel Carlson with three uh, kicks, including the game-winner ends up uh, being the hero uh, with three seconds remaining. They would have lost the game if he didn't make it. 48-yarder. He didn't miss it right or left. He nailed it. 48-yarder for Daniel Carlson. Captain Clutch for the Las Vegas Raiders, keeping them alive, as the BJs would say. say. And they now have the point, uh, excuse me, the tiebreaker over the Cleveland Browns. Both of them 7-7. Seven and 7-7 seven. Seven and 7-7 seven and 7-7. Seven and, seven and, seven and, seven. and there was a lot of 7s in this game, too. Three sevens in each and three different quarters. There were sevens. One seven for Vegas, seven seven for Cleveland in the third and fourth quarter, and ultimately a loss. Nick Mullins, you left too much time for Derek Carr, who's actually really clutch. He's not that good of a quarterback, but he's clutch. He is damn clutch. He's one of the most uh, prolific fourth quarter come from behind type of quarterbacks in the NFL in the last many years. So he's he's one of the top. Los Angeles Rams, that's coming up shortly. They are leading 3 to nothing. Uh, kind of early in the second quarter. 
Washington Football Club. The Washington W's are up 10 to nothing, but the Eagles are driving as we speak. Uh, fourth and one, they just ran right through that sucker. Jordan Howard, former Chicago Bear, had a pretty good rush, but there's the flag, so we'll see. How many Philadelphia Eagles have had that sunglass look? I mean, it's like been going on for years. What was the name of the running back that was there for a while? I, I, was that Ricky Waters that did that, or was it somebody afterward? So, you know, Ricky Waters in the late 90s, after, you know, his earlier 90s was with San Francisco. Got a Super Bowl with the 94 Niners, you know, that kind of guy. Holding on Philly. What a surprise. Fourth and run, you have a nice gain, and you freaking blow it with a hold. Oh, come on, Philly. Come on, Philly. Jeez. Then I think Viking fans want Philly to win. If we hope to make the postseason, this would help a bit. Yeah, that's... Come on, man. What's up with the bear hug? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Some of these players do things that make no sense. It's like they... It's like they're just like... They're just a... It's, it's like their brain just shuts down for about three seconds... And then they're like, oh, that wasn't a penalty. I, I don't know. It's like their mind just shuts off. And they forget about it. Like, they forgot that they did it, even. It's weird. I don't understand. <laughs> Who understands football, man? Detroit Lions versus Arizona. Another thing I just do not understand. And they'd have the number two pick in the draft because Dan Campbell said, we're not going number one. We're going to get the number two or number three because we have guts and, and we're playing for this is going to give us some momentum going into next year. Is it, though? Is it, though? Or is it just about, like, trying to not go 0-17 or 0-16-1 or something? I don't know, but Jared Goff was awesome. Jared Goff was awesome. Jared Goff looked like he did, you know, that year when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Early that season when they had that epic battle, the Rams versus the Chiefs, and everybody was hoping to God to have that as a Super Bowl, like 48-45 to 45 or 52-48 to 48 or whatever the heck it was. It was nuts. It was like 100 points, and I'm not joking. I mean, that ball was flying in the air, and there were numbers up the bleep. It was beautiful stuff if you like offense only. Um, Jared Goff looked like that guy again, at least for one week. He was awesome. Three touchdowns. Quarterback rating of 140, 216 yards. Didn't attempt that many passes, but boy, uh, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter, I guess. I guess he didn't have to, because Craig Reynolds was running right through them, too, when it mattered most. Kyler Murray just didn't show up. It was a mediocre performance. Colt McCoy entered the game, and he wasn't good. <sighs> wow, I, I just, I'm stunned. I'm stunned at what happened here, and I'm sure a lot of people are. Um... Detroit just showed up to play. It's that simple. They showed up to play, and Arizona probably just didn't take them seriously at all, and they paid for it dearly. 30-12, to 12, and they are paying for it in a big way. They have the number one... It shows them as number one, yet number four. That doesn't make sense. I guess they're the weakest division champ right now. Yeah, that's what it is, behind Tampa and Dallas. So we'll see. They're not champ yet, but they're in first place, barely. And we'll see what the Rams have to say about that moving forward. Next week's opponent... Green Bay Packers and Baltimore, a very epic back-and-forth battle. Some people might say that could be the Super Bowl, and it could be. It very well might be the Super Bowl, even though Baltimore, they still have to make the playoffs first to even talk Super Bowl. But Baltimore could go on a playoff run if they make it. 31-30. to Green Bay, like Paul Allen says, is the biggest out in the league right now. Every time you think you have them beat, you don't. Yeah, Tyler Huntley, 
It wasn't even Lamar Jackson. He was all right in the game. He was solid. He protected the ball, and he was very, very, very mobile. He threw touchdowns, and he and he ran for two. Latavius Murray, also excellent in the game, the former Viking, and Devonta Foreman. Like Donta Foreman and Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman. Those That's what's messing me up. Those two guys are messing me up. Aaron Jones ran for a few yards, but nothing great. Valdez Scantling, the speedster, who drove us crazy when we played against the Packers. Lazard, who had some big plays like a year ago or so. Absolutely killed us a year ago and wasn't anything in this game. But a big, epic back-and-forth battle. Aaron Rodgers was MVP-like, and Baltimore couldn't get the job done. And the two-point conversion, Green Bay, that's just how it is. Tyler Huntley led them to multiple touchdowns, them being the Baltimore Ravens, coming back from 31-17. They could have tied the game on... No, they would have won the game, pardon me. They would have won the game. They went for the win versus the Green Bay Packers, but the second, uh, the two-point attempt failed, and that's just how it goes. And the all-purple club versus the green club ended up being the Baltimore Ravens going home disappointed at the end of the day on their home field. And they would be on the outside looking in right now for the postseason. Unfortunately, Rams lead 3 nothing over Seattle at the moment. Still at this stage, the Rams have definitely had some good moments after they struggled early in the season. They're dangerous. They're very dangerous. And you want to make the playoffs, you pretty much have to win a game like this. I uh, love the... I don't love, I like their uniforms. I think they're pretty good. Second in passing yards. 25th in rushing. Sixth in total yards. An excellent offense. A guy that knows the Vikings very well is their starting quarterback. And he really clips 4,000 yards tonight, unless he gets hurt or something. And I hope he doesn't. Even though I'm... Don't want, even though I want to beat the Rams, I'd rather beat them fairly. Aaron Donald with 10 sacks on the year. Leonard Floyd with eight. <laughs> Darnell or Daryl Henderson Jr. They're kind of like the uh, they're kind of like the Chiefs of the uh, of the NFC. Maybe these teams meet up in the Super Bowl this year. Maybe it happens. Tony Michelle, the former Tampa Bay Buck. So I mean, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of like running back one and two with Daryl Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle as they're combined for about 1,200 yards. And you put the two guys together, um, but then you got Cooper Cup. Oh my goodness. Then you have Cooper Cup, who is really something. Obviously, uh, Aaron Donald has been a Viking killer when he's played against us in the past. He is really a stud. Everybody respects what Aaron Donald can do. We always wished he could have suited up for the Vikings, but we did not draft him. Uh, We were unable to get him in the draft. He had 20 and a half sacks back in 2018 when they got to the Super Bowl. What an epic battle. Dominican Sue was on that club with the... Oh my God, that was good. (laughs) <laughs> that was a good team, and you know, and Tampa assembled a similar team this last year, and actually did did win the Super Bowl. Of course, uh, New England and L.A. had two. Uh, it was a great defensive battle. Neither quarterback stood out that much, but Brady was clutch when he needed to be, and blah blah blah. I'm going all over the place, man. I still remember Paul Charging going crazy over Aaron Aaron Donald going into the 2014 draft, and yeah, boy, he was right about that one. He's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. Uh, Matthew Stafford, though, looking to get to the 4,000-yard mark tonight, and he probably will. Wow, 33 touchdowns. He's having a hell of a year. The Rams hit a wall midway through the season, but now they're back to absolutely dominating. Matthew Stafford, only one year, there's only one year where he threw more touchdowns, and uh, and that was in 2011 when the Lions were really emerging. 
And he threw for that 5,000-yard season. He's one of the few quarterbacks that got that high. 41 touchdowns, 16 INTs that year. He might get to 5,000 this year, depending on how, you know, a couple more big-time games. And he'll, he will he could get there, a couple 300-yard uh, games. He's got a shot at 5,000. Maybe, maybe he's going to be closer to the 49-something, 46-something that he did right after that. Uh, but 40 touchdowns is a very strong possibility. I'm I'm not really confident that the Minnesota Vikings are going to beat this team in U.S. Bank Stadium or in Los Angeles. Uh, the year with Case Keenum was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very, very much. That was a great game, a great, great game. Vikings were able to emerge victorious in that one. Uh, Jared Goff at quarterback was much more beatable. I mean, Stafford has played the Vikings. He's beat the Vikings with Detroit. Uh, he's one of the quarterbacks that gave the Vikings hell of a time in the past uh, with his mobility and his obviously his obvious talent passing the ball. It's been something. Uh, let's look at the history as we always like to do. Footballdatabase.com. That's where we always go when it comes to the history. Um, it's always fun to look at. Minnesota's had a nice history against the Los Angeles Rams, but not all the time, of course. <laughs> and the St. Louis Rams, of course, knocked us out in the playoffs in two, uh, the 99th season, but early 2000. A fantastic Rams team that went on to win the Super Bowl once. Once. Uh, they've been to multiple Super Bowls in my lifetime. <laughs> at least two of them. No, three. Vikings lead the series 27-17-2 uh, to 17 and two all time. Most recently, we lost in that epic, fun battle in 2018. Beautiful, beautiful night in Los Angeles in the Coliseum. It was beautiful. I love that stadium, the old stadium, and, the, and they were wearing the classic colors and the big classic Rams logo in the middle of the field. It was an awesome night. Unfortunately, the Vikings did not emerge victorious, and it was it was close, but Kirk Cousins had the gaffes at the end, and that was a DeFilippo was pass, 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 but it was a fun offense to watch. There's no doubt about that. Vikings and Rams have had a trillion playoff games in the past. Maybe not a trillion, but quite a few. History goes all the way back to the beginning in 1961. We played them twice that year and about a month apart. Lost to the Rams in the very first ever meeting on November 5th, 1961, 31-17. Vikings crushed the Rams in in their our first meeting in Minneapolis, uh, Bloomington, pardon me, 42-21. Pretty cool. Uh, it was kind of a back and forth, and we had our first tie in 1962. We must have been in the same division back then. Must have been, or something. Or just, yeah, because we played them twice every year. Home and away, home and away, home and away. Um, for a, quite a while. But it was a back and forth battle, and then 64, 65, we swept them. Impressive. Or excuse me, 60, 65, we swept them. And 66, I apologize for that. And then the Rams started winning games. A couple of three wins in a row as the Rams started getting better, but the Vikings were getting better as well. And then the very first, uh, well, it was the <laughs> it was the very last year of the NFL championship. It was the NFL conference game. That's what they called it. What did they call it? Western Conference Championship. Huh. Well, whatever it was. The Vikings won 23-20 to en route to getting to the Super Bowl for the first time, I believe. No, we beat Cleveland in that game. It was a low-scoring game versus Cleveland. So this was, yeah, this is the second round. So it was the Western Conference in the NFL, and then you win the NFL title and play against the AFL, which eventually became the AFC, and the conferences were, you know, yeah, divvied after that as the league got much larger. The AFL versus the NFL in the Super Bowl. Fascinating stuff. American Football League, if you're wondering what the heck that is. Vikings were the very last NFL champion 
uh, in the you know in the Super Bowl era. Obviously, um, we did not win the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it was like National League and American League in baseball back then. Vikings edge past the Rams and then edge past Cleveland in a very low-scoring game, a freezing cold game. The Rams would always struggle in Bloomington because they just couldn't handle the cold. Good for us. Uh, we beat the Rams in NFC uh, in '74 in the NFC title game when it became the NFC, 14 to 10. Again, a cold, cold, grinded out Mike Zimmer type of game, which I think he would have appreciated very much. 76 beat the Rams in the NFC title game. <laughs> it's like over and over, 24 to 13. And in 77, the Vikings beat the Rams again in a second round game, I believe. Or was that a wild card? NFC divisional playoff game. So he we went to the NFC title game and lost unfortunately, that next year. Um, and that was the end of the Purple People era in a lot of ways, 77-78, when they stopped going to the Super Bowl. And then eventually it got to a point where getting to the NFC title game uh, was uh, was as far as this franchise could go from 76 on. Yeah, we'd always lose the NFC title game. Back in the day, we'd get to the Super Bowl and lose it. Now we get to the NFC title game and lose it. Unfortunately, tons and tons of playoff history versus this club. We lost in 78 in a divisional game where the Rams were getting really good. They, unfortunately for them, lost to the Cowboys in the next round in the NFC title game. They killed the Vikings, though, 34-10 to in a weakened, ancient uh, uh, Fran Tarkington returning from a broken leg the year before um, in his final season. This was Tarkington's final game ever, actually. New Year's Eve, 1978, 34-10. to um, The year before was Tommy Kramer where the Vikings actually beat the Rams again before. But the Vikings finally lost to the Rams. And was it Tarkington a quarterback? I want to make apps. Yes, it was. Tarkington was the quarterback. That's what I thought. And it was not good. It was not a good day. Um, Pat Hayden led the Rams to the conference final. They did not go to the Super Bowl that year, but they did go the next year, only to lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rams have never won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles, only once in St. Louis in 1999, as most of us are old enough to remember that, but certainly not everybody. Uh, 1988, yeah, I believe that was a divisional game, not wild card game. Vikings beat the Rams there, only to get whooped by San Francisco because it wasn't the uh, magical 87 run. <laughs> Got whooped by San Francisco, unfortunately. Ugh. We played the Rams, and then many, many, many years later, we played the Rams again in the playoffs in 2000. Uh, January 2000, 99th season. Epic battle. Vikings actually led in that game, but then the Rams kind of took over and won it pretty handily in the second half and route to their first and only Super Bowl title. Uh, Vikings and Rams have not played a whole lot in the 2000s, in the third millennium or 21st century. In fact, this would be only the seventh meeting between these two teams. Vikings lost that one, of course. Like I said, the playoff game. 98, we rolled. Well, we didn't roll past them. It was a back-and-forth battle as it was a second game of the season where Brad Johnson broke his ankle. Cunningham took over, and the Vikings barely passed a very, very beat, barely beat a very talented but a team that didn't know how to win in St. Louis. Very talented club with Tony Banks at quarterback. Kurt Warner would take over the next year, and we all know what happened. Um, Tony Banks was no longer the Rams' QB. Vikings got beaten pretty handily in 2000, like the actual season later that year when the Vikings were starting to fall apart and Culpepper had the high ankle sprain. Oh, that was depressing. High ankle sprain by Culpepper. And we went from, what, 11-1 and to 11-5. and five And, yeah, Ugh, so sad. Still got to the conference final and 
41 donut happened. 2003, a halfway decent St. Louis team crushed the Vikings 48 to 17, November the 30th. That was a fairly, that was a, a season that was good for a minute and then went down the crapper later in the year. And the Vikings missed the playoffs. Vikings beat the Rams in the final, no, second to final meeting when they were in. St. Louis still. Okay, what am I talking about? That's not the second to final meeting. Uh, I'm looking at this way wrong. No, we played them many times since 2000. I missed the whole thing. I deeply apologize, so forgive that stupidity. Yeah, it was a whole different column up here. Vikings beat the Rams in 2005 when we were getting better and trying to squeeze into the playoffs. Rams killed us in 2006. Vikings killed the Rams in 2009, a Rams team that had nothing, and the Vikings just rolled past them. In 2009, that was fun with Brett Favre and all that. Easy game. Um, Vikings rolled past a mediocre team in 2012. Uh, crushed the uh, Rams in 2014. That was a lot of fun. A very good Viking team very early in the season there. 15. Yep, this was the game that went to OT. Where, yeah, this was Fisher's last year in St. Louis. Uh, in St. Louis and St. Louis is last year in St. Louis. <laughs> the Rams last year there. And then we played L.A. in 17, beat them pretty easily. And, yeah, got beat most recently in that epic battle. Sorry, that was kind of long. But it was a fun history between these two teams. It goes on forever and ever and ever. And I've enjoyed it for a while. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I apologize. That was a lot of history. I kind of babbled for a little too long there. Um, lots of history between these two teams. Lots of playoff games. That's why it went on for so damn long. There's a lot of history here. Uh, that, that actually meant something. So, sorry. Uh, I think the Rams beat the Minnesota Vikings, though. I just think they're a team kind of on a mission. I, I'm not confident in this team. And with the way the Vikings probably should have gotten beat by a Bear, but they would have gotten beat by just about anybody. If the Bears had even a pulse, they would have beaten the Vikings. Uh, a, a pulse of, like, you know, like they actually could keep their head on straight and not make stupid mistakes. Um, just about anybody would have beaten the Vikings. So, just recently, I think the Rams win the game high scoring, unfortunately, and I think it's going to be not a good day for Minnesota. Something along the likes of 35 to 24. The Rams are going to win by double digits over the Vikings. We muster some points. It gets interesting for a minute, but the Rams pull away 35 24 in the game. If the Vikings beat the Rams, of course, hopefully you get some pass rush on Matthew Stafford, this and that, and goad him into some kind of mistakes, uh, this and that. What can you do against this Rams team? Obviously, there are ways to beat them, but I, I just don't see the Vikings doing it. If Aaron Donald gets going, I don't think the Vikings have a chance against this Rams team, to be quite fair. Uh, any type of pass rush against uh, Mr. <laughs> Kirk Cousins usually doesn't end up so so great, unfortunately. Um I'm just not confident in this one, guys, guys and gals, gals and guys. So, again, Rams are going to probably beat the Vikings a final score of 35-24. Just to kind of wrap things up, the Rams' overall defense is kind of middle of the road, generally speaking, in points given up and yards and all that. They're pretty much middle of the road in a lot of ways. They give up a total of uh, 347 yards a game. That's kind of a lot. Uh, very good run defense, so just over 100 yards given up a game. And the hope is, again, Kirk Cousins can get things going. They give up 246 yards a game. They're not like as bad as Seattle at 278, but they're they're in the lower third or so of the NFL. 
Um, you're hoping to get some type of passing game going. Again, get Justin Jefferson going. That's how the Vikings would beat the Rams if it's just like an epic shootout and Justin Jefferson just explodes and Kirk Cousins and him can connect. But I just don't see it happening against this Viking team. I don't see the Vikings uh, defense shutting down this Rams offense. With that, we'll take a break, return for fan interaction, and wrap this thing up. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number three, fan interaction. Got the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl on in the background. Isn't that cool? Idaho Potato Bowl. My, my, my Wyoming Cowboys against Kent State. Yeah, I'm not from Wyoming. I just am a fan of the Wyoming Cowboys. I'm not a big college football guy, but I just like Wyoming. That's all. Uh, forgive the strangeness of the timing of recording of this episode. Just want to piece things together and all that. Um, yeah, it's. I'll just leave it at that, <laughs> kind of moving things around a little bit due to scheduling and timing and all that, and the fact that I want the LA uh, game on in the background when I'm previewing. Why not? So that's how that is working. Um, let's get to the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Thank you, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia, and Malcolm McSween out of Cali for retweeting the most recent episode. Episode uh, 359 of Purple Mafia. Almost history, because it was almost history. Giving up 29 points in a regular season game would have been an all-time record. We've seen a 28-point difference. The Vikings scored 28 points in their greatest comeback of all time back in 85. Back in 85, Vikings had a huge comeback. I believe that was against the Eagles, if I'm remembering correctly in the Metrodome. Kind of cool. Anthony Carter, Tommy Kramer, guys like that. Or was it Wade Wilson, actually? Uh, it looks like Wyoming just took the lead. Barely, barely over. Yeah, got into the end zone without putting his knee down. Number five there. Good job. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's try to keep moving here. Tanae Brown, New Zealand, says, This was my prediction pregame in a chat with my friends. Feels like I'm going to be right. Uh, they were saying, this friend was saying, good to see my Bengals at the top of the NFC North. Yeah, congratulations to your friend there. I like the Bengals. AFC, the AFC North. He put NFC accidentally. And then today with the purple uh, background says, Vikings lose this game 100% on a mixed, missed field goal. Carlson just won it for the Raiders. Book, book it book it in. Yep, and that's about it. Luckily, the Vikings did end up winning because the Bears offense is so horrible. Um Urban Legends, yep. Urban Legends, if I mentioned it in segment two, forgive me. <clears throat> but yeah, the whole thing about giving up, uh, excuse me, the Bears having 91 penalty yards and Kirk Cousins passing for 87. That's an urban legend. Very crazy. Absolutely nuts. Tom Han jumping on board. More of a Minnesota Wild guy, but also Minnesota sports. Nice to hear from you, Tom. He says... <clears throat> What was I saying? I he was responding to something I had said. I said, "Which offense has been a has been bigger horse bleep tonight?" It's not as easy of a choice as you might think. Tom Hayen says, "Skull." That would be the Vikings, and it ain't close. More quote unquote talent, as he put, than the guinea pigs. Yep, it's it's been bad. Um, it was bad. So, it's yeah, it was an overall disgusting 
performance by both clubs to be quite fair. Mad Martin, yeah, and poor guy. Like, just just listen to this time here. This is why he probably didn't comment a whole lot because it's, it is what it is. And I was I was kind of active and kind of not active, you know, that kind of thing. I was, I was active and not active. I was kind of watching closely and just amazed at the stilliness going on. Uh, Mad Martin says, what a terrible game. Northern Scotland, he said, ah, this is where he's from. Why am I still up at 3.50 a.m. watching this garbage? See, that's where I feel for him. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a fan. That's a fan right there. Somebody who is willing to criticize no matter what. And he's still up at 3.50 a.m. watching the game. That's a fan. You want to cut him down because he might say this team stinks, especially going into the, uh, where me and Mad Martin at the beginning of the year were very skeptical coming into the season, saying, what the heck? You know, and it's letting everybody's like, yeah, oh, shut everything down. Ooh, unfollow. Yeah, unfollow. And, of course, they go to some other Duckies and Bunnies show. There's a lot of Duckies and Bunny podcasts and radio shows out there. Luckily, Score North is better about that because, see, me and Matt Martin think the way Score North does. We want Super Bowl. We want Super Bowls, or in their case, we want a Super Bowl before we die. That's that's what they call it. And uh, it's kind of that way. I mean, I'm 42 already. Matt Martin's older a little bit. And so is Judge Zelgad. Judge Zelgad's older. Mackie's a little younger. And then Declan's a bit younger, like 29. But yeah, we want a Super Bowl before we die. <laughs> and that would include Declan, even though only 29 years of age. Because, you know, it's, uh, 61 years is a long time. That's a long time. It's it's a big drought. It's a big, big drought. Uh, Mad Martin says, get the party hats ready. Six minutes away from being a 500 team. Well, for six days anyway. Yeah, and then the laughing emoji. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Pretty much. Because beating LA is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Uh, Mad Martin says, the next two games will be very interesting. Of course, the Los Angeles Rams being one of them up and coming. As obviously that's going to be challenging as bleep. As I, yep, that game would be Green Bay and then Chicago. At least we have two nooners out of this, and it's Sunday night is manageable. It's not like during work hours and such. It's a pain in the butt. You either have to take time off or have to catch up with it after afterward. That's a headache. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> LA Rams nooner come, you know, on December 26th and uh, January 9th, Chicago, Chicago in the Metrodome. No, I'm just kidding. In U.S. Bank Stadium, which should be a win. So, well, we have at least eight wins on the schedule. We'll see if there's nine or ten with Green Bay and Los Angeles. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's doable. It's absolutely doable. Let's see how that thing goes moving forward. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I had it up. I got everything all over the place here, and I'm annoyed with myself. Extremely annoyed with myself, to be quite fair. 80, yep, Mad Martin says, 87 passing yards from Cousins. What a horrible performance. Yeah, amen to that. Absolutely horrible. And then I tweeted out, uh, and Tanae liked it. He said, I, I was saying, may this be the last time either one of these coaches is on both of these sidelines. Enough of this garbage already. Zimmer, Nagy, gone. Hashtag gone. I was saying it kind of like Paul Allen would say. The gone. <laughs> That's like something B.A. would say. Oh, yeah, I was asking also. Remember when waving towels during... Uh, wait a minute. I was saying, remember when waving towels happened during during playoff runs? What the hell is happening in this world? The Bears are 4-9 and, and we're 6-7. and seven. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Nobody responded to it. I think somebody did on... Yeah, somebody did on Facebook. We'll get to that in a moment. Why did I put this on vibrate? <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty idiotic. 
apologize for that, but that's the end of Twitter, unfortunately. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Most recent episode. Looks like there's no comments this time, but there'll be added ones coming up. I believe there's a message from... Let's see if I can go in here. If I can pick a... Now it's going to mess it all up. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll read it right here. Um, I may have read this on the last episode, because it's from December 12th. Dave Vicky said, awesome show, thanks for all you do. I can't even imagine all the work you do behind the scenes. I love listening. I have yet to listen to any of your other podcasts. That would be like Brave the Wild, Tim Rules Explosion, or Freedom of Thought. Um, but I'm sure they are just as good as Pearl Mafia. And thank you so much, Dave Hickey, out of, uh, out of Iowa. You're awesome, thank you. Um, what was Leland... Yep, kind of back and forth. We were talking about the Gophers in Iowa. Yep. Oh, man. Well, Iowa's better than the Gophers. That's plain and simple. Uh, they are. They're better than the Gophers. It is what it is. I'm willing to admit it to all of you from Iowa that the Iowa Hawkeyes own the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Sound good? Does that sound okay? Am, am, am I being honest and fair about it at the very least? Looks like i got to reset the whole damn thing because it's stuck in that stupid... Uh, business suites. Why, why, why even? Just why? Just just, just why, Facebook? And take your meta-universe and shove it somewhere. I, what the heck is meta-universe anyway? You know what I'm saying? It, 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 what is that? Sorry. Uh, I was posting about how the values had placed um, Alexander Madison and Dan Chesina uh, on COVID-19 and claimed Wayne, Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman. We move forward now. The uh, release of Bashad Breland happened after an altercation in practice, according to a source from The Athletic, theathletic.com. Stop with the most relevant. They're all relevant. They're all relevant unless they're talking about the last time they were drinking or something, which I don't want to know about. No offense. I, I just don't I, I just don't need to know, okay? <laughs> that's just a message. Uh, that's a shot at other podcasts out there. I don't want to know. Mark Carlson says... Is the team fragmenting, Joey? Not a team player? There is only so much coaching, uh, so much that coaching can help with. Bud Grant wouldn't put up with this, so bye-bye. What's next, perhaps? Uh, That's the thing. See, now, Mark, you just opened a lot of doors here. A lot that I can get into. You really, yeah, opened a lot of doors in just like about a sentence-long comment here. Okay, so first, is the team fragmenting? Yes. Yes. Do you know why? Remember some of the stuff I was talking about last week? How, uh, and it was brought up on other shows. Yes, credit to like Purple Daily, Score North, you know, and all that. Mackie and Judd. Um, they're talking about, and I, and I noticed the same thing, and I've been noticing it as well. There is no happiness on this team. Zero. There's no happiness, really. There's not much joy. Maybe you get a touchdown, this and that. But there's just nothing. There's something missing. Uh, a, a fan commented last night of how... Uh, Kirk Cousins on the sidelines looked like the Vikings were getting blown out to like 41-13 or something when the clock was ticking away and the Vikings had won the game. There's just no happiness in this team. The coach, the quarterback, it's never been there. Never. Uh, it's not a match. And Zimmer as well, though. Not just with Kirk Cousins, but with uh, Case Keenum in the past. When Case Keenum was the quarterback for that one year and it was magical and it was fun. Instead of celebrating and enjoying the magic carpet ride and hoping to keep, let's keep it going. Let's keep the magic carpet ride rolling. And it might have, it might have helped to have a little more encouragement. Mike Zimmer would say, oh, he's got a horseshoe. He's got a really big horseshoe. Boy, I don't know how he's doing it. Stop saying that crap, dude. 
You know, just enjoy it, celebrate it, rather than, you know, like, oh, well, he sure got lucky. <laughs> you know, dude, what an ass. I like, you know, I want to like Mike Zimmer, but what an ass. That That's stupid. And at the time, we just kind of chuckled about it because we were having fun. But it's like, how bad is that? That's bad. That, that doesn't help at all. And I don't think that helped uh, anybody on the team. And the whole Kirk Cousins and uh, Zimmer relationship that has been non-existent forever. Not to mention the fa- that some of the players in Kirk Cousins non-existent forever. Certain players with each other, uh, other than Kirk Cousins, non-existent. There's just not much joy with this club. Also, the other avenue that I believe I mentioned in segment one was that Rashad Breeland would not have survived uh, like a couple weeks with this team if Bill Belichick was the coach. Like Malcolm Butler was, uh, Malcolm Butler's a lot better than Rashad Breeland, and the Patriots could have used his help against those bleeping Eagles in the Super Bowl. But uh, Malcolm Butler, it was something to do with the curfew, something to do with code of conduct, something behind the scenes. He was, you know, in uniform, but didn't play a lick in that game. And it was heartbreaking. It was really sad because, I mean, Malcolm Butler had helped the New England Patriots win the Super Bowl just a few years earlier versus the hated, evil, nasty Seattle Seahawks. Can't stand them. I still hate them with a passion. Uh, We finally beat them. Finally. Took 15 tries, so we finally beat them when they're the Legion of Crap (laughs) rather than the Legion of Doom. Um, There's no joy in that team either anymore. Like, they win a game and they're like, oh, okay, well, we won. And that's kind of what it feels like with us, too. Uh, But, yeah, Belichick would have had no patience for that crap. He would have been gone right away, especially after the Twitter. Like, how did Bashad Breeland survive the absolutely disgusting and childish tweet he sent out? This isn't about judging people. This is about common sense. Could you imagine if I tweeted that out? Say, I'm like, say I was like a known somebody who's known with Boston Scientific, like a name of some sorts. Maybe I'm a vice president of operations or some kind of a manager in production or, or engineering or something. And I'm like, well, if the customers don't like it, they can they can taste my sausage or something sick like that on Twitter. I would have been, I'd be gone in a heartbeat. Because when you consider Bashad Breeland, he's a starting cornerback. He's a known name. People know who the heck he is. And you come out and you represent your team, your organization with that kind of conversation and you survive? How? How? <laughs> it's impossible. It's weird. Obviously, he's not the CEO. Kirk Cousins could be the CEO, even though it's, yeah. He's got a, that's basically all he is, is a CEO. (laughs) Might as well be that. Well, you know, tough, tough times don't last. Tough guys do. Thanks. Thanks, Kirk. So, God bless him behind the scenes. His dad is awesome. He was on the Faith and Gold podcast, Don Cousins. Oh, my God, that guy is awesome. He's an awesome pastor. Check that out, Uh, Faith and Gold podcast, Don Cousins. His voice sounds kind of similar, but, man, awesome. Awesome pastor. Uh, so at least there's that back to, uh, but yeah, thank you, Mark. You are getting a star. And if I don't give you a star, <laughs> you better, you better beat me up real quick. You better give me a hard time about that. Mike Dale says, I'm heartbroken. No, really I am. About Bashad Freeland, really? Dot, 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 dot. And then he covers his mouth. That's funny. <laughs> Gerald Swing says, was a disappointment anyway. Who cares? Yep. I feel you. Ron Skirty with a gift saying, uh, was like bye bye. Yep, kind of like waving out, like a, yep, like like get out of here. Bye bye. Yep, I feel you there, Ron Skirty. Thank you for jumping on board there. Pittsburgh Pirates hat, huh? Cool. 
nice hat. Uh, Brent, and I'm not saying that was sarcasm. Brent, well, yeah, it's Brent Jacobson, but he goes with a different name because Facebook sucks. Uh, Brent says, yes, and thank you, Facebook, for allowing me to post my shows on the on your page. Thank you, but some of your policies suck. Brent says, good riddance, Breland. Let's keep going. Thank you, thank you for the comments. Hope to hear from Brent a little more. He's kind of vanished off the face of the earth, hasn't he? A bit busy in the in-game thread, but we'll get to as many as we can here without overdoing it and spending five hours on it, <laughs> including my own comments. I'm not going to... Maybe I'll get some replies to them, though. What was I saying? I hate the Samsung commercials, basically, because they're really annoying, and Brad McCarthy was laughing about it. He thought it's funny. Samsung commercials are... Oh, my God. They make me not want to buy their product. I'm, I'm not even kidding. It is some... It, like, just, just, just... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen any of these flip phone commercials, I want nothing to do with the flip phone. Just, just no. Uh, I'm going to flip it off before I'm going to flip it on. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it. I was saying Patrick Peterson is leading the charge for the Tarkenton, and ultimately, Wanham took it away, right? So, I was saying, yeah, maybe it may be the last time these two coaches roam the sidelines for these teams. Hashtag gone. Mike Dale chimes in and says, this really is horrendous. As horrible as the Bears have been, they are still just a touchdown away from making this another game. Where the outcome is decided on the last play. Yep, another game where the outcome is decided on the last play. Sorry. As laugh as laughable and woeful as the Bears have been, there's still a feeling of dread or discomfort knowing that no lead is safe with the Vikings team. It really isn't. We were up by 29 points. Think about that. And there was a touchdown, basically, until... Harrison Smith, pro bowler Harrison Smith, knocked the ball away from the Pittsburgh tight end. Yeah. Think about that. A 29-point lead against a team that looked like they were a bunch of corpses out there. <laughs> Steel had more life in it than the Steelers. I was saying so mad. The Vikings are lucky to have the lead. That was at halftime. Mike Dale chimes in, says, and he's from uh, upstate New York. These teams are dying to hand the game over to each other. No takers of yet, though. Man, the Bears are garbage in the red zone. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so true. I was thinking, remember when waving towels? Yeah, that one that I tweeted. Mike Dale responded with, maybe they're just plain white towels? And I thought that was funny. One more reply. He's saying, sorry, I am being a bit aloof and sarcastic tonight. However, it's really hard to get truly excited about this team's playoff aspirations this season. And yeah, I mean, my whole point was, like, neither one of these teams is going anywhere, especially the Bears. Why are they waving towels around? But yeah, waving the white towel, that is funny. That's, yeah, because <laughs> they want to draft higher, right? Mike Dale says, way to go, Cam. That would be Bynum. Nice job security performance right there, forcing the fumble. Way to stay ahead. That would be Cam Danstar, not Bynum. Excuse me. Uh, way to stay ahead of the depth chart, ahead of the likes of Rashad Breeland. He, he, oh, that's right. Yep, because he's not there anymore. Leland out of Iowa says, Nagy is pissed. Time is running out for your stint in Chicago. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Dave Vicky says, we can't seem to put anybody away. Dave Vicky out of Iowa. Of course, we're also in every game. Problem is, we lost most of them. Mark Rollins says, oh, God, more flags raining down. Yep, that was after the, some of the chippiness was going on. Dave Vicky says, this game is getting real chippy. And you're right, Mark, the officials have been flag happy. And believe it or not, it's not really hurting us. And it didn't too much. Nope, just the uh, the holding, the non-holding call <clears throat> against Jefferson. The, uh, Jefferson's defender, should we say. Pardon me, sip of coffee here. The original caribou, yeah, the original, the medium roast caribou. Crazy, huh? Then Mark Carlson said, Dave, Vicky, the, the refs are crazy tonight. We are lucky to have the, those many flags kept to drive alive for us. Yeah, with the Bears, one mistake after another. 
throughout the whole night. Um, and of course, again, I believe the, the one Mark Mark was talking about was when, um, unfortunately, Eric Hendricks got ejected, which was weird. Like, whoa. <clears throat> I don't believe the guy that hit, uh, I don't think it was Darnold, was it? I don't think it's, no, it was, it was too far back. Bridgewater way back in his rookie year um, against Mike Fisher in the St. Louis Rams. I think they were still St. Louis at the time. Um, that was really something. It was, or was it his first, or was it their first year in L.A. and Fisher was still the coach? I can't remember. Uh, Mike Dale said, must win playoffs. Do the Vikings even deserve to be in the playoffs? I'd say no. Uh, well, on paper, they are the better team. No kidding, right? However, at Soldier Field, the Bears are our boogie team, like boogeyman. Dare I say, dare I try to stay positive, or will these players and coaching staff disappoint and frustrate the ever-living hell out of us as usual yet again, like the poor kitties after an unreliable drunken mall Santa is fired and escorted from the premises before the store closes? Whoa! That was interesting. That was fun. Mark Carlson, have these refs ever played football before? Yeah, some of the calls were just weird. Offensive play calling is terrible, according to Brett McCarthy, and I don't disagree with that. Um, Leland was saying that number 18 was paying dividends. That's for sure. Tony Coleman, South Dakota, says, I hold my breath on every extra point these days. Oh, yeah. Ejection. Frick, ejection? Freaking great. Mark Carlson. Um... Mike Dale said the Bears are so un undisciplined tonight, just giving the game away. Nagy might be fired after tonight's game. I would think if it was a different team, like one of the, it wasn't one of the original type teams where they have like their tradition to not fire the coach during the year. Uh, yeah, gone. Absolutely gone. Uh, Mark Carlson says, I have been tired of the air raid siren. Yeah, it's terrible. Way back in the first quarter, the Bears need to find some staff with some imagination. Yeah, it was really bad, and other people brought it up too. On like vent line and such. It's bad. Yeah, that was stupid. It's like, what is this? I believe it was a tornado, yeah, but it could be air raid as well. Um, Mark Carlson said, or excuse me, Mike Dale said, so true. And it's not like the only, they only blared it on third and fourth downs, kind of like we do. Yeah, yeah, with that, with that horn. I like that. That thing is cool. That, I can't imitate it with my mouth real well, but it's freaking cool, isn't it? They were blaring it constantly, even when the Bears turned it over on downs or lost possession by a fumble. Yeah. And Mike, Mark says, I think I have P uh, PTSD now. It was way overkill. Agree. Yeah. Brett was excited about the touchdown with Justin Jefferson. He was saying the run defense is terrible. It was again, wasn't it? Yep, there he is. Dave Hickey said, yep, there's the touchdown ISM for this first NH uh, NFL touchdown. He's, he's the one that actually is from Iowa. Big time play there. <clears throat> Dave jumps in again, says Vikings punter Barry is taking too long to set up and, and he's going to get blocked. Yeah, that came up. Yeah. Brett McCarthy said dodged a bullet on fourth goal. Mark said bye-bye, Bears. Thanks for all the rude, unsportsmanlike. Why, why is this doing this play tonight? Jeez. Doug McCarthy was hoping the offense finishes the game out. Yep, he was really hoping. And I agree. Um, yeah, Mark was wondering what the heck was up with that touchdown at the end. But yeah, <laughs> Mike was excited. Mike Dale was excited about uh, Kane getting the ball. And Brett said, school. That was at the beginning. So it went kind of backwards. Not, not Brett's fault. Facebook, the way they set it up. Post-game thread. Post-game thread. And we can uh, keep moving here. Where is it? Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis, if I believe he's still there. Great to hear from you, Jerry. He said, 
That was an incredibly boring game. I have to say, at least they won. Yeah, at least they won. Mike Dale said pros. Let's get this all set. Get your cup of coffee ready. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, pardon me. I had to make some sounds. You know, I'm drinking coffee. Pros. Yep, Patrick Peterson, I agree. Justin Jefferson in the first half. Sheldon Richardson and Cam Dancer. They did good, didn't they? He didn't mention, um, he didn't mention, uh, 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 what's his face? Wynum. Uh, <laughs> Wanum. DJ Wanum. Shame on you. No, I'm kidding. The whole press rush was on point. Yes, they were. However, you have to say the Bears offense is dreadful. Cons. Okay, Christian Derrissaw, the rookie, got manhandled a bit early in the game. It's to be expected for a rookie, though when facing guys like Hakeem Max and Alec Ogletree, it's always going to be tough. Cousins, very lackluster, especially against a very supposedly raw Bears secondary. Yeah, there was like a bunch of rookies and late picks and everything. Rookies that were late picks, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Zimmer slash Kubiak once again played not to lose. They lucked out tonight against a hopeless opponent who just doesn't know how to score. However, against the Rams and Packers, this game plan will definitely fail and surely will result in a loss. Yep, the Vikings would have been absolutely obliterated by the L.A. Rams or Green Bay Packers playing like that. They would have been absolutely crushed unless the Rams and the Packers were all over the place making big mistakes. Baltimore made a ton of mistakes, but then the Vikings would make the mistake right back. Vikings should have blown the crap out of Baltimore. The offensive Vikings versus Baltimore was way better. Baltimore was awful, and the Vikings still lost. Remember that? Isn't that something? So it's kind of similar, in a sense, with the Bears game, where a better team ended up getting the win, uh, in Baltimore's case, versus the Chicago, the S-H-I-T-Cago Bears. <laughs> Bleep cog. Yeah, you get the idea. Keep going. Uh, when will they ever learn? Kubiak is very wet behind the ears, no doubt. So there's still... A hopeful future for him if his dad takes him under his wing and schools him a bit more. However, Mike Zimmer hired him and has been here for nearly eight years. He's outlived, expanded, and exhausted his learning curve allotted, in my opinion. If he wasn't fig if he hasn't figured it out by now, then he should continue his education on how to coach a team built for success with another organization. Yeah, we won. Again. And again... Yeah, we won again and against the Bears at Soldier Field. However, why doesn't this win feel satisfying? Skull, I guess the win is a win. Is kind of how he said it. There was a reply. And John Swenson said, nice report, Mike. And I agree. Very good. Very well, very well done, Mike. Yep. If I had an actual blog... I'd hire you. <laughs> I would. And I'm not kidding. If I had an actual Viking blog, like Purple Mafia blog... Something maybe someday I I could finally be more ambitious in terms of like get an actual Purple Mafia website. My brother recommended this back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, because he was hearing how the show was doing, you know, reasonably well. That I should have had a website. That's a long time ago. Yeah, maybe I could have had that. Maybe one of these days, uh, you'd be uh, you'd be on a <laughs> you'd be at the top of a very of uh, of a short list. Let me tell you, uh, that's a you know I mean that in a big big positive way. Leland says, out of Iowa, agreed with y'all, happy for the W, but the Bears are really bad. Merry Christmas, Pearl Mafia, and Merry Christmas, Leland. Merry Christmas. Yep, because the next game will be after Christmas already, sadly. It's just too fast. It's too fast. Mark Carlson said, very entertaining game, but also annoying. Bears get what they deserve tonight, a big fat loss. A lump of coal for Christmas. Thank you, Vikings, for not blowing this one in the fourth quarter. 
Tanae uh, says, all I have to say is Merry Christmas to the Purple Mafia family here. Let's take a win and move on. Merry Christmas, Tanae. Great to hear from that. Really appreciate you. Really, really appreciate you on that one. Um, these are some really nice comments. You know, I, I really appreciate that. Yep. Okay, so Whitehall, Michigan. John Swenson. Cool. Nice to meet you, John. Uh, yep, John Swenson. Whitehall, Michigan. And there, yep, Mark Collins says, Merry Christmas, Joey Wagen, and all the Purple Mafia. And Merry Christmas to you. That is a nice setup. Right above the fireplace with the stockings. That looks very, very classy and memorable. I, I really appreciate that, Mark. That looks really cool. Vikings up 17-3 to 3 at the time. Yeah, very far, very crazy. <laughs> it's uh, pretty crazy. It really is. But no, I mean, I... Uh, uh, sorry about this. They're distracted here. Okay. Where is the... Where is everything? Okay, Purple Mafia. Yeah, let's get back where I need to be. I think that's everything. It just kind of like went away on me. Yep, that's the end of the uh, the main comments on the game. And there was no call-in of any kind that I know about. I'm going to turn this down. Too much noise here. Sorry. So, um, at the end of the day, really appreciate every one of you commenting. I really appreciate the uh, the Christmas wishes, and I send them back to you very much. So, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Love looking at the tree and the lights flickering. And I, I just can't get enough of the Christmas lights. Um, Mackie and Judd a while back had, uh, you know, they have the... Uh, uh, extend uh, year to year and fire where it's like three different things like say Zimmer, Kirk Cousins and Rick Spielman and then they came up with a Christmas one where it'd be Christmas decorations, Christmas music and Christmas movies I would extend the Christmas decorations mostly mostly the lights they would get the extension the year to year would be the music because the music is usually good but there's always some junk mixed in and movies just I'm not a, really a movie guy so I, if you have to fire one of the three it would be that one <laughs> you're free to uh, comment about that or call in as well about that one. The stars for this episode, oh man, I mean, it, it could be Mike Dale every week, every week. He's going to at least get a, a gold-plated silver. I'm going to give the gold to Mark Carlson this week. Just some awesome things he had to say. Dave Hickey, man, oh man, oh man. He's like gold star material as well. Gold-plated silver to Dave Hickey as well. Merry Christmas to all three of you. Like, and I mean big time. Uh, Beautiful, a silver-plated, gold-plated bronze star to uh, Dave Martin out of Scotland and Tanae Brown. Oh, my God. You know, Tanae also, all three, all of you could get a gold. But it's like, I I almost want to just do that, just say gold. <laughs> Maybe I will. I'm going to give all of you the gold star, the, the uh, all of you that I just mentioned, gold star and uh, platinum-plated to Mark Carlson and Mike Dale, just be, just to kind of you know, give a little extra in that one. But everybody that I just mentioned is getting a call. Tanae, because just, you know, just thank you so much for the Christmas wishes and, you know, the, the awesome posts and the comments. And, you, you know, it, you make this show so worth it. 
no matter what my schedule is, this and that. Sometimes the show isn't as hard as it as it might seem, and other times it's 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 harder. So it's kind of a mix. It's a mixed bag, honestly. Every year is different. Every week's different. Every month's different. Every whatever. It's not been a whole lot of fun covering Kirk Cousins, honestly. As I've said before in the past, going all the way back to 2018 when he first got here, you'd think, wow, we signed Kirk Cousins. It's like the happiest thing ever. It's a big deal. I didn't feel that way when the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins. I was just kind of like, yep, they signed Kirk Cousins. Okay, they they signed him. Because it's kind of like, what has he done? You know, he puts up nice numbers. He put up some interesting numbers in Washington. And Paul Charchin was was gloating about him. Was not gloating, but gushing about him over and over and over. And was so excited when the Vikings got him. But then it's like, okay. But it's kind of the same result that was in Washington. The the eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six, eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six, maybe seven and nine. Wahoo! You know, it's the same thing. Tough guys don't. Our tough times don't last. Tough guys do. Kirk Cousins is a tough guy physically. Where you know the Lord's blessed him with a very, very, very durable body. That is not a joke, and <laughs> there is no doubt about that. And Don Cousins made sure to mention that. And. Uh, there, there is no question. There's something going on there. I mean, you know, say whatever you want. There is something going on there. It's just a fact. Uh, I'm not trying to get all, all all religious on everybody. Not everybody wants to hear that. I understand. But there's something there, in my opinion. Um, it's not been a huge joy covering him, though. Honestly, Case Keenum was more fun to cover. He looked like he was enjoying himself more, kind of like a, a poor man's Brett Favre, like like an alley cat's version of Garfield. You know what I mean? That kind of that kind of poor man's this, poor man's that. Like Heathcliff is like the alley cat version of Garfield, where Garfield himself is more of a suburban cat. That kind of thing. Does that make any sense? Maybe to some of you it will. That remember those classic cartoons back in the day. Uh, to some of you, a classic cartoon might be Tom and Jerry versus Garfield. Garfield might be too new gen to some people, believe it or not, even though it's, you know, old school. It's 30 years old already. Um, but no, I mean, I really appreciate Christmas time. I want to wish all of you the merriest of Christmases. Uh, looking forward to what Paul and Ellen might have. He usually has his 12 days of Christmas, like on the third day of Christmas, my Vikings gave to me, you know, that kind of thing. I, it's going to be interesting. It's Some years it's really fun. Some years it's really funny. It's usually funny and fun. So look forward to that. I'm sure he's got something coming up. And here come the Tampa Bay Bucks. No, maybe not. I can hear the train coming. He's coming. But uh, this is, I guess, the Purple Mafia train right here. So he's going to interrupt me here for a second. A Canadian Pacific train coming through before I wrap up the show. So I'm just waiting for the big boom, big beep here. So... That was weak. Yeah, that's it. I guess that's Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, you like that? You 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 like that? We we beat Chicago. You like that? <laughs> Sometimes this guy blasts us into the ground. Maybe it's a different person, but this one was not much. Uh, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't want to get that to blow up on me when I was making a final point here, but. Uh, do, uh, do check out the Vigit application. Give that a download. Refer me, Paladino Live. Do download and refer also with uh, the Crypto.com application. Just want to thank all of you all. Merry, uh, all of you always. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to those of you that don't celebrate it. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. 
or Stitcher or Audible. Those of you that have done that in the past, I really appreciate it. And those of you that will in the future, thank you in advance. It's just God bless you. With that said, again, Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week after the Los Angeles Rams visit U.S. Bank Stadium.